0: pictures and video it just gets overwhelming but it's another world i mean we're, we're we're rolling into thanksgiving season how did i end up in your video i did where were you i asked him if they saw anything odd in those pictures everybody said me yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we had great um, after 34 years, great uh, separate vacations. That's how you would stay happily married. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was our first time. We didn't like it at all. But uh, so maybe maybe next year we'll do just a family cruise. That way, all the husbands and kids can go. What do you think? There you go. Start saving your money. Start saving your money. Put your kids in kids club. There you go. There you go. Hey, but today I want to talk to you uh, about building your relationship with God. How can we build... We we begin to look at what God has done in, in 2023. God's done some good stuff for us. Man. But sometimes in the good times, we forget. And sometimes in the good times, we're not as grateful... As we need to be. So today, before we get into our Thanksgiving season, we'll have a couple of Thanksgiving messages the next few weeks. But today, I just want us to, to, we need to rebuild a place that we can have relationship with God. You know, there was a a, a man that was traveling on an airplane and he, he noticed a woman sitting next to him wearing this huge diamond ring. He complimented and said, man, that is a beautiful ring. She said, thank you. She said, it's the famous Vandenberg diamond. She said, but it also comes with a terrible curse. He said, really, a curse? What kind of curse? She said, Mr. Vandenberg. (laughs) (laughs) How do you see your relationship with God? Do you see your relationship as a blessing? As a curse? Is it a a hardship? Is it a burden? Is it a joy? When you woke up this morning, did you get up and say, Woo, I'm excited today to go to the house of God. Or did you get up and go, Man, I've got to go to church today. There was two men that decided to go, uh, well, it was fishing, but Joe going to make it hunting. Two men out hunting the deer stand. And they weren't seeing anything, and one man was feeling kind of guilty. Because he knew his pastor was missing him. And he said, you know, I really feel bad that I didn't go to church today. We're not really seeing anything anyway, and I just should have went to church. The other man said, Well, you know, I don't feel bad because I wouldn't have got to go to church anyway. My wife's homesick in bed. (laughs) That's not good. What's your relationship with God? Are you at a place today where you're so grateful for what God has done? You're building relationship. You're you're in love as never before. Or is is your relationship kind of stale? Is it a little boring? Is it a little uh, monotonous? Is it just routine? I want to tell you today what you can do to stir up. Relationship, How that you can uh, build something today uh, that will put some pep in your step and some fire. And how we would like to experience some supernatural things. Amen, see some miracles. Amen, come back. Amen, we, we, we see uh, when he said you've left your first love. Sometimes we've got to come back where it all began. And today we're going to talk about the altar. We can sometimes take the altar for granted. Now an altar can be a specific place built. It can can be here. It can be in your home. It can be in your car. It is a place that you meet with God. But somewhere you experience God. Somewhere you designated a place. Somewhere you met with God. We designate this altar area, amen. It's where we come and we worship and we meet with God. And yes, we can do that everywhere. But it's good, amen, to have a place we get out of our routine and we get out of our uh, rut and out of the place we're in and we say, Lord, I want to step in to something greater. As we begin to build that, we've got to realize that We've got to have communication. Number one, you've got to talk to God. And talking to God, which is called prayer, people say, I don't know how to pray. Oh, no, yes, you do, because you know how to talk. And that's all it is. It's not fancy. You don't, you, you don't have to use King James words. Uh, it doesn't. It's just you. Listen, when you come to God and you try to get all fancy, Amen, the Lord's like, who are you? Be yourself. Communicate with God. And as you begin to pray, prayer opens up possibilities. Prayer moves the hand of God in your life. Prayer, Amen, makes the Bible says, God show His mighty arm. We need God to show His mighty arm in this world right now. And He will. But if we're going to have relationship, if history has shown us anything, Amen, it is that prayer changes things. It was Dick Eastman that said it this way. History proves beyond question that prayer can change the world. A prayer warrior on their knees can alter the very destiny of people and nations. When you pray, you can alter the destiny starting out with yourself. Then with your family, with your children, with our church, amen. with our city, with our state, with our world. Prayer still changes things. Abraham They call him the father of faith He was called a friend of God Now who called him that? See it's one thing for you For us to sing I am a friend of God And through relationship in Jesus Yes that's true But it was God That called Abraham a friend of God When God says you're his friend That's you know I have a lot of friends on Facebook, but they don't know me. Huh? I don't want to be that kind of friend. I want to be a friend. Listen, a friend that, the Bible says, sticketh closer than a brother. Why was all, uh, uh, Abraham a friend of God? Well, he, he learned, he knew, how to build an altar. He built an altar in Shechem. He built an altar in Bethel. He built an altar in Hebron. He built an altar in Beersheba. He built an altar in Jerusalem. He built altars and everywhere he built an altar, God met him there and God spoke to him. God made covenant with him. God made him promises. God gave him dreams and visions. God showed him things. Amen. And God brought things to pass. Every time you build an altar and meet with God, God will meet with you and He will speak to you. He still does in 2023. He's speaking to our heart. He's speaking through His Word. People say all the time, Oh, I just wish God would speak to me. Well, then pick your Bible up. Because every time you open your Bible and read it, it is God speaking to you. Today, everybody say, I want to be an altar builder. I mean, what's the purpose of the altar? We're going to talk about that. What is the sacrifices that we need to bring to the altar? And what are the steps to building an altar? We're going to talk about that today. Number one, what is the purpose of an altar? Well, the the altar was a sacred place. It was a place of worship. Before they ever asked God for anything... They worshiped. You see, this altar is a place. Christy says, we open these altars for worship. We need to learn to get in them. We need to learn. Yes, I know you can worship anywhere. I know you can worship there. Lord can speak to you. There's just something about coming into an altar and saying, Lord, I have come today to meet with you, and I want you to meet with me. Amen. There's a place. You can make that in your room, in your house, in your car, on your way to work. You need to make it a place of worship. Amen. You need to have a place of worship. When Abraham took stones and he built an altar, it wasn't how he built it. The Lord gave him instruction. It wasn't which stone went where, wasn't this or that other. Sometimes we get caught up in the altar. It's not in the altar. It's in who you're meeting at the altar. It's not about who else is there. you got to get there for you. You can't worry about who's on that side or this side or you get to your personal altar. It wasn't a casual meeting. It was a meeting with a God that is the creator of the universe, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we approach him, we've got to approach him, amen, with honor and with reverence and with praise. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and I will enter his courts with praise. It's not a casual meeting. We we come and we say, "Lord, we honor you." It's not the He's not the man upstairs. He's not daddy God. I'm telling you, he is an awesome, reverent. He is immortal, eternal, omnipresent, omnipotent. Amen. He is a God that we can't comprehend and there is no one else like him. Amen. Yet in all of his grandeur, amen, he loves you. And He is big enough to rule the world and small enough to live in my heart. And He wants to meet you at an altar. We don't worship because He needs it. He doesn't need it. He's not on an ego trip. He doesn't need somebody to tell Him how good He is. He knows how good He is. He's better to us than we deserve. He's way better than what we give Him. But it's not He that needs it. It's us that needs it. Amen. I we need to express our gratefulness and our thanksgiving and our appreciation because what He has done. Amen. We've got to worship God and praise Him and give Him glory for His goodness and His grace toward us. I'm telling you, if it weren't for God, where would we be? If it wasn't for God's mercy and grace, you wouldn't be here today. We all have something to thank God for. It's a place of worship. Number two, it's a place of sacrifice. You see, an altar is where something dies. An altar is where something is offered. We don't come to God empty-handed. Today, you brought Him a gift. You brought your tithe. Your tithe belongs to him it's already his it's a tenth of what you earned this week it's his you come and you give him back what he gave you and then you offer unto him the sacrifice of praise why is it a sacrifice because sometimes you don't feel like doing it sometimes it's hard to do Sometimes praise is easy, but sometimes it's hard. Amen, we've got to give Him the sacrifice. We've got to give Him something worth. If it doesn't mean nothing to you, it doesn't mean nothing to Him. We don't give Him the leftovers. We give Him the best. We give Him. It's a place, the idea of sacrifice is you lose or give up something. David knew this. He said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which cost me nothing. I'm not going to give the Lord something that didn't cost me anything. I'm not going to give Him a worthless sacrifice. I'm going to give Him my best. 2 Samuel 24, 24 He says, Well, there, there's an innate desire to give God something of worth. All we have is the devotion of our hearts. What? In a moment, we're going to sing a song called Gratitude. Sometimes all you have to give is a hallelujah, sometimes all you have to give is a praise the Lord. Sometimes it's hard. To be grateful and thankful for what you're going through today. How can I say thank you for this? But in all things, give thanks. Amen? And God will turn it around. Oh, listen. People, sometimes we put little effort or no effort into the altar. We put no effort into our relationship with God. We put no effort into our communication or our prayer. We put no effort. Listen, but if you'll sacrifice your time, amen, and your thought, if you'll put some effort into it, I promise you it will not, not pay off. That makes sense? It will pay off. People say, I don't do that. I'm not going to get nothing out of it. Oh, you cannot give anything to God and not get something out of it. Amen. First of all, you get a closer relationship. You know him as Lord and Savior, but I'm telling you, you don't do anything for God that he doesn't in some way or form amen reward you. Now, we're not talking about money. I mean, health, relationships, friendships, uh, peace and joy and healing and all those things. Listen, it's, it's, the altar is a place of sacrifice. What are you going to give today? David said, I, I'm not going to give something that didn't cost me nothing. I'm going I'm to give something that's worthy of who he is. It's, the altar is a place of revelation. And Manifestation God wants to show you things God wants to reveal things to you He wants to show you his word He wants to show you his character He wants to show you who he is And what he's done And he wants to show you your future Did you know you have a future? And God said I know the plans That I have for you They're plans for good And not evil To give you hope and an expected end hey, God wants to show you what's to come he showed Abraham he said Abraham come on I'm going to show you some things and he showed him a land and he showed him the stars and he said your descendants are going to be like that and he showed him the sand and said it's going to be like that you're not going to be able to count them and he showed him some things even before it happened and guess what Abraham did here we are Abraham, the father of faith. Why was he a friend of God? Because before he saw it, before he experienced it, just when God showed it to him, the Bible says, he counted those things that were not as though they were. And it was counted to him For righteousness sake There's something about moving in faith with God And saying, God, I don't see it I don't know how it's going to happen But I just want you to know In this altar, in this place of worship I give you a sacrifice of praise And I just want you to know I trust you I don't know how this is all going to work out But I just believe It will. If you said it. Now, let me back up. Because we say this little phrase. Sounds good. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But let me just correct that. God said it. That settles it. It don't matter if you believe it or not. It's only if you believe it, you'll be blessed, and you'll. Be, but whether you believe it or not, God's word's gonna be performed. God's gonna do what God's gonna do, with or without you. I just want to be a part of it. Amen. I want to be a part of God's plan. So I'm going to build an altar It's a place of of manifestation Of the supernatural Of miracles We look Moses built altars Manoah built altars Samuel built altars David built altars Solomon built altars Elijah built altars And they all saw supernatural things happen It was Elijah Mount Carmel Challenged the prophets of Baal And said I tell you what Let's just have a little contest Let's see who God is really God. And he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you go first? And man, they chanted and danced and cut themselves. They did everything in the world. Nothing happened. I like Elijah. Elijah sat back and said, Maybe maybe your God's taking a nap. And then he said, "Maybe, Maybe your God's on vacation. Now, my favorite one, Elijah said, maybe your God is relieving him. Maybe your God's going to the bathroom. It's why he's not listening to you. And then he said, okay, guys, it's my turn. And the Bible says at the evening sacrifice, Elijah rebuilt. Why did he have to rebuild it? Because they weren't using it. The altar of God had been torn down. No one had been using it. Nobody had been offering sacrifices to the true and living God. And Elijah rebuilt the altar. And then he did some stupid stuff because God told him to. God will tell you some stupid stuff. Because everybody knows when you build an altar and you put some wood on it, the wood needs to be dry. That's how we do things. But God said, Elijah, hey, do me a favor. Hey, won't you go ahead and dig a trench around that. He did. He said, now tell them to go get water. And they went and got water. He said, pour it on the sacrifice. So he put the built altar, put the wood, put the sacrifice. He said, now dump water on top of it. And they did. He said, go get some more water. Go get some more water. Until finally, the wood was soaked, the sacrifice was soaked, the water's running down the stones, and the trench around the altar was full of water. And then Elijah stood back And he lifted his voice. And he said, Lord, I trust you. This all looks kind of crazy. But I trust you. I believe you're the true and living God. And now I need you to show yourself mighty. Show them who is the true and living God. And about that time, fire came down from heaven. And it licked up it burned up the sacrifice burned up all the wood burned up all the stones that the altar was built out of and then dried up all the water yeah that deserves a hand clap God did that God did it and then what happened (laughs) Elijah took a sword and went and killed those 300 prophets of Baal 400 yeah Great day. Great day. Great victory. Woo! Man of God! And then the next day, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And he ran away and got under a tree, depressed, and said, I just want to die. Isn't it amazing? I, I promise you, right after you get in the altar, right after God does something supernatural, right after you experience a miracle, you better get ready because... The devil will come in, try to discourage you, depress you. After every great victory, you just got to get ready. We all go through those valleys, don't we? But you know what we do? We rebuild the altar. God let him. He let him pout. He fed him. He watered him. He he protected him in a cave. Then he spoke to him. And then he sent him right back where he came from. To pick up and keep doing what he was called to do. Sometimes the Lord will let you rest and he'll let you have your pity party. But it's time now to get back up. Rebuild your altar. Sacrifice something to God. And get back about the master's business. Amen. Amen. Sacrifice... What, what, what kind of sacrifices does God want? So that altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place of worship. It's a place of revelation and manifestation. It's where God moves. And, but there's, there's some sacrifices that He wants us. Now in the Old Testament, they had all kind of sacrifices, starting with the lamb and then there was bullets and there was uh, birds and doves and all, I mean, all kind of offerings for different kind of things. We know Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. He died for our sins. His blood washes us clean. He forgives and we come into relationship with Him. And we don't have to offer animals anymore on a natural altar. But there's still some sacrifices that He desires from us. What are those things? Number one, He said, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies As a living sacrifice Can I tell you today God wants you He loves you He wants relationship with you He wants Oh but pastor What does God want me to come up here and offer him You But pastor you don't know I'm a mess He knows And he loves you And he wants you to come And put yourself on the altar And say Lord Remake me Come down and let your fire burn in me Love me. He wants you to offer yourself a living sacrifice. Amen. Paul was aware. Amen. Of all the rituals. And all the, uh, the tendencies people do. That uh, just come and uh, just you know give a little this. And just a little half hearted. But listen. The Lord wants you to give him your whole heart today. Your whole life. Your gifts. Your talents. Your abilities. He wants all of you. Don't hold anything back. Don't say, Lord, I'm going to give you this part, but I'm going to hold this part back for me. Don't try to hide anything from God. He sees it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. Say, Lord, I just give it all to you. Burn away the bad and purify the good. Can I get a big amen? Yeah. He wants us to sacrifice ourselves. The Bible says that you're not your own. You're bought with a price. That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What, what offerings can we give Him? What sacrifices please God? Number one, a broken and a contrite heart. He does not want you to come in pride. He didn't want you to come to an altar and go, Lord, what? Look at me. I'm offering you. I'm the best. The Lord said, I love a broken and a contrite heart. I like you to come and go, Lord, I'm a mess. But here I am. Humble yourself. Broken and contrite before the Lord. He said, I will not despise it. He wants you to give a sacrifice of obedience. Remember, the Lord told Saul, I want you to go down there and I want you to destroy everything. Don't keep anything. And Samuel came up and Saul said, hey, I did what the Lord said. And Samuel said, well, then what does the bleeding of the sheep in my ears mean? Oh, 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 oh! Well, well, I, I, I saved the best of the cows and the sheep and the goats, and I was gonna sacrifice them to the Lord. And said Samuel said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, pastor, I paid my tithes. Yeah, but then you went out and disobeyed God. No, no, no. You, you you need to do that. But you need to be obedient. He don't give your offering and then go hate on your brother. Huh? You don't give him lip service. Oh, Lord, I love you. You're wonderful. You're mighty. Oh, but I hate them. No. He said, love your neighbor. Okay. Obedience. It's important that we obey, isn't it? He wants obedience. He wants us to do what is just and what is right. Proverbs 21.3. To do what is right is, is, and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. You say, Pastor, what does the Lord want me to do? He wants you to do what's right. He wants you to acknowledge God. Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. He wants an offering of mercy and humility. Micah 6. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. How merciful are you today? O Lord... I sinned, I failed, I ask you to forgive me. Yes, Lord, I receive your mercy and your grace. Thank you. You better give me that dollar you owe me. Oh, can you just give me a little more time? Can you just be patient? Can you be merciful? No, right now. Give it. I think that's a parable, isn't it? Yeah. Bible said the king took that man and threw him in prison until he paid the uttermost. The king had forgiven him a great debt, and he went out and held someone that owed him a little bit, wouldn't have mercy. How merciful are you? I'm telling you, when you come to the altar and receive mercy, you gotta leave out of these doors and show mercy. Prayer and praise. Let my prayer be set before you. An incense, a lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. When you come into the altar, we lift our hands. It's a sign of surrender, of thankfulness. Lord, everything you've given me, I give it back to you. And I have a praise in my heart. We're getting ready to go into that Thanksgiving season. We're going to be talking about uh, some of that. But listen, every time. It's not about Thanksgiving. It's about thanksgiving. You've heard that word before? We've said that. It's about thanksgiving. It's about every day being thankful. It's about every time you come to an altar. Say, Lord, I thank you for what you've done for me today. And then, to do good and to share in, in in Hebrews 13 and do not forget to do good and to share with others for which such sacrifices God is pleased. Sometimes it's hard to give to others. We get in this season and we, we start talking about giving and giving money for toys for the Amazon, giving money for toys for here, giving to this one in the the uh, I'm telling you Salvation Army they're so down. They're so the giving people's generosity it, it, for some reason that's at the all-time low and they're not able to help as many people. I'm telling you, it's sometimes we can get turn inward and we get greedy. But he said, when you come to the altar and you receive grace and mercy and you receive forgiveness and you receive blessings, he said, when you go out, let me read it again, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. He said, when you give to the poor, You lend to God. How many knows God's not in debt to anybody? When you help those in need, God will reward you. Let's finish this up today. So we know we need to have, have an altar. We need to have a place we meet with God. We need to begin to rekindle that relationship. We need to say, Lord, we got to finish this year out strong. We got to go into another year. And I've had times of meeting with you, but I, I I've had times that I haven't met with you. I just kind of got lazy, and I haven't had my prayer time and my devotion time, and I haven't been meeting you in worship, and I I haven't done these things. And Lord, I'm coming back to it. And so, how what are some steps that I can do uh, to? rebuild my altar if you were honest today what shape is your personal altar in what shape is your family altar in what shape is our church altar in if we really said Holy Spirit show me he will and when I see that it's not in the best shape, what can I do? Number one, set a place and a time that you meet with God. I, I, I like to do it early. David said, early, Lord, I'll rise. And I like to, before the day gets going and you get busy, because I'm telling you, stuff will come up. You know, set your alarm 15 minutes early. Get up, read. I, I, I don't recommend trying to read a whole book in the morning. Read a chapter, read a few verses and meditate on it and pray and say, Lord, help me with this today. I, it, it, we're a good place to start, Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So most months you can read one a day. Sometimes you read two at the end. There's so much wisdom in Proverbs. If you just read one chapter that corresponded with the, the date, you could read that 12 times in a year. But many, I try you know, to do different devotions and read different things and meditate on it. And, and, and start your day. Have, have a place and a time that you meet with God. Make it a habit. How many got up this morning and your teeth? brush your hair? Took a shower? See, see those things should be habit. And, 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 and reading your Bible and praying should be right in there with brushing your teeth huh yeah can, can anybody imagine an orchestra or a band did you know this morning before y'all got here the band got here they tuned their instruments and they practiced when you get up in the morning and you have your devotion what you're doing is you're tuning up before you go meet the people oh some of y'all need to tune your attitude before you go to work Some of you need to tune up before you deal with your children. Huh? Come on. Somebody needs to tune up before they talk to their spouse. All of a sudden you realize, wait, see, E.M. Bounds. said this. He who speaks to God first speaks to man best. If we learn to talk to God first, we'll talk to others better. Amen. Have a time. Number 2, have get your thoughts quiet. I don't know about y'all, but my mind is hard to calm down. I got all the D's. All the D's, ADHD, I got it all. It's hard to calm my mind down. So Sometimes I'll even have my phone. I got my phone and I'll do my devotion, my Bible. And I got my notes right there. Because sometimes if I can't get something off my mind, I'll just hit notes and I'll go and I'll make that note. And then I'll come back to it. Otherwise, I'll keep thinking. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Just write it down so you don't have to think on it. Calm your mind. Stillness is essential to receive an instruction. God said, be still and know that I'm God. We've got to be quiet. To hear the voice of God. The reason you don't hear the voice of God is because you're always doing all the talking. Prayer, prayer should be more than half listening. But we think prayer is all talking and no listening. That's not true communication. Amen. (laughs) One man called his pastor and he said, Pastor, I got a problem. I need advice. And he came to the pastor, and he did. He talked the whole time. He never let the pastor say anything. And then he went out and told everybody, Woo! I learned a lot from pastor. I've had that happen to me. People come ask you for advice, but they just tell you everything. They never wait and let you give any instruction. Okay. you got to be silent. There's three types of silence. Verbal. Quit talking. Silence your desires. We, we, we can't know. So sometimes we come and tell God what we want. And we need to ask God what we need. Because God didn't say He'd give you all your wants. But He did say He would supply all of your needs. we got to silence our reasoning. Stop trying to figure everything out. Don't we we, we? we tell God what we need and then we tell Him how to do it. Why don't you just let Him figure out how to do it? Stop trying to figure it out. It's too difficult in our busy culture to shut down, to be quiet, to be still and know that I'm God. But sometimes in your prayer time you need to just Not pray, don't read, don't have worship, don't have nothing. Just be still and quiet. We don't like quiet, do we? It's awkward. We think something's got to be going. We got to learn to be still and be quiet. And then, you want to build an altar? At that altar, sacrifice and at that altar's repentance. Usually, can I be be honest with you? I try to be honest most of the time. (laughs) You know why we don't like to be quiet? Because we're afraid God is going to talk. And he's going to tell us, and he's going to reveal to us what we've been doing. And he's going to convict us of something we're going to have to repent of. And we don't want to repent, because if we repent, we got to stop. And we don't want to stop. And we're afraid he's going to tell us what to do. Oh, I don't like to be quiet at offering time. Because the Lord's liable will tell me to give some money. So, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the bathroom at offering time. That way we don't have to hear the Holy Spirit say, You need to give to them toys. And We don't like to be still and quiet because we're afraid God's going to speak. And that scares us. We're afraid He's going to call us to do something. We need to learn... God loves you. He's your child. You are his child. He's not your child. You are his child. And when he points out, just like your children, when you point out something they need to work on, it's because you love them. And you're trying to help them. So let's don't be afraid to be quiet and say, Yes, Lord, I understand. Yes, I know that's not right. I spend a lot of time in prayer repenting. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for that attitude. Forgive me for that thought. Forgive me for that word. Forgive me Lord. Forgive me. Aren't you glad that he's faithful and just to forgive us? Yeah. There's a recent meeting at the, the heart surgeons. On our dive trip we had one of the prominent cardiologists here in town uh, with us and it was interesting to meet him and talk with him and they're from Czechoslovakia. And, uh, just good to. It was, it, was, it was interesting, to say the least, uh, as Jim would say. Uh, but they had a heart surgeon's uh, uh, meeting, and at the meeting they asked, How many of you have had a heart exam in the last year? At the heart surgeon's meeting. And not one person could raise their hand. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the same in church. It's the same with us. It's, it's, we, we neglect those heart checks. Because we're afraid. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And we're afraid if we come to the altar, the Lord's going to show us that. But come on, don't be afraid. If He shows you... And you repent and confess it; He'll forgive you. Amen? Ask. We're, we're building an altar now. We're doing these things. And ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Holy Spirit, fill me. What does He want to fill you with? Power. Wisdom. Knowledge. He wants to fill you so that you can walk with God. So that He can reveal. Every day you need to pray, Holy Spirit, fill me today more and more fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord listen stop turning your cup over stop putting your hand over your cup and say Lord fill me up come to the altar and say Lord fill me read and meditate on his word part of your altar time part of your study needs to be Bible study you don't need to read the Bible the whole time you don't need to pray the whole time you don't need to talk the whole time there's got to be balance as we build a family altar, personal altar, personal intercession. What are you praying for? Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, woo, I, I cast that devil out of me. Come on now. Pray, pr- pray, pray for a hunger. I hit myself hard. It hurt. <laughs>
1: the Lord knew I needed
0: it. Pray for a hunger for God. Pray pray for a burden for lost souls. Does anybody care anymore that there's people going to hell? Does anybody care that family members don't know Jesus? Pray for them and pray, Lord, give you a burden for them. Pray, amen, for family members and pray for those that are struggling with addictions and things. Listen, our God is a healer. Amen? Amen? Kind of befriended some people from another town and just had a good time. Would go with them and sit with them and visit. We were walking; they had a show every night. We was walking down there, and the husband went off to the restroom. His wife pulled me to the side and she said, "Can I ask you a favor?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "Could could could you say some backdoor prayers for my husband?" <laughs> He said, he's, he's, he's battling some demons. And I said, absolutely. But you know what? I don't say backdoor prayers. I'm coming through the front door. Amen. He got he got back in there and we were talking and everything. I said, Hey, hey, you know what? Give me give me your phone number so we can we can get because he likes pizza. I said, Man, I got a place in title. Next time you're in title, they come here to shop. I said, I'll take you, eat some pizza, but I just needed his number so I can pray and I can shoot him a text and say, I'm thinking about it. I'm praying for you. Because God's wanting to do something. There's reasons God's put you in connection with people. Amen? Yeah. And then she got up to go to the bar and halfway to the bar, she turned around and said, Preacher, can I get you anything? Said, I'm good. <laughs> Pastor Marcello, some places you don't call people preachers. <laughs> That's another story for another time. And then let's let's close it up. Let's close it up. At that personal altar, part of your time is about thanksgiving and praise. We're going to spend some time on this one next week. Thanksgiving and praise. Lord, I thank you. I'm telling you, when you begin to look at your life, you have a lot to be thankful for. Let's don't take things for granted. Let's give God praise. Let's give Him thanksgiving. Let's know the power of prayer. He said be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with thanksgiving, praise. Come on, we need to spend some time just saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. you. You say, well, what am I saying thank you for? Just say thank you over and over and over and cover it all. Thank you, Lord there's power in prayer prayer still changes things, amen during the Japanese occupation of the Philippines they routinely arrested men and killed them for little or no reason but one Christian leader was arrested twice, but due to the prayers of his wife, they let him go he was arrested the third time and the officers told his wife your prayer's not going to work He's been spared twice, but this time he's going to die. His wife put their five kids in a room and they begin to pray. About 4 a.m., she woke the children and said, I need you to help me pray for your father. There, there's an unseen battle going on right now. Help me pray. And the family began to intercede and pray for their father. As hours passed, they heard footsteps. The children thought it was the officers coming to get them, but the mother said, No, that's your father's footsteps. The father walked in splattered with blood and told the story. I was in a row of ten men. I was the tenth. A soldier came down the row with a sword and killed each nine. And when he got to me, he raised his sword the commander said stop and told me go and his wife said that's right at the time me and the children were praying for you I'm telling you wives children husbands come on pray pray for your family. Pray. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy but Jesus is still in the life-saving business. In the life-changing business. Yes! How many would say today, Pastor, I need to rebuild my personal altar, my family altar? How many would say today that if God really, if I allowed God to really examine me, there's some things today that I need to repent of. There's some things that I need covered in the blood of Jesus. Today I need to get some things right in my heart. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, today I have a special need, a sickness or a habit or addiction I'm fighting or a, any kind of need you say pastor i just i need some special prayer what i want to ask you to do today i know it's already